But before we get into it, tell me, spit or swallow? Hi, welcome back to another important episode of Spit or Swallow with your favorite host, House of Chocolates. Today is just me. Um, I'm going to be lecture. Okay, well, not really lecturing you guys, but this is just me and y'all having a one-on-one conversation. Is it even a conversation? I'm just talking to y'all about sex and mental health. Um, I'm not going to go deep into like each challenge or each issue, but, um, you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And, you know, when we talk about sex, I feel like sometimes we try to separate mental health and mental wellness. And what I do, I'm in the sexual wellness space. And so I'm basically a marriage of mental health and sex. So I'm going to go through um, a couple of definitions, like working definitions that I think are really important and, you know, kind of shape what I do and, you know, my politics, my values, my passions about sex, mental health. Um, General definition for sex education. Sex education is an umbrella term for different types of educational measures that address a variety of sexual issues and aim to foster sexual literacy, which is kind of what we do here. It's like, okay, yes, we're having fun, we're laughing, kiki, kiki, but the purpose of the podcast is for us to learn. What's the sexual literacy? Sexual literacy means the knowledge, attitudes, and skills necessary to protect and advance a person's sexual health, rights, and well-being in a socially responsible and consensual way. And then sex education comes in two main forms. As informal in, in sex education provided by laypersons such as parents, peers, through everyday conversations, and then formal sex education provided by trained sexual educators who offer counseling, courses, exhibition workshops. So that's basically what we're doing here. I think this is like a marriage of, you know, casual stuff, but also by a professional, me. Um, so I want to talk about, um, you know, sex therapy, right? And just even mental health in general. You know what mental health is like, you know, your general state of mental well-being. And um, a lot of times we're very reactive when it comes to treating um, mental health disorders that are connected to sex. I personally believe that if you're informed about, you know, your sexual health, you're informed about, you know, you, you have proper sex education, then we don't have to get to the point where mental health or therapy or therapists only come in when trauma has happened when you're going through something terrible. A lot of times you also neglect how your mental state affects your sex life. You know, um, sexual functioning is a general part of, I always say the first thing is sex is biology, right? It's a general part of, you know, life. It's the the same way there's sleep, it's the same way there's digestion, the same way there's sex. And for any part of your life to function properly, your mental health is extremely important, right? And, you know, they're linked. A lot of sex happens in the mind before it trickles down to the body. A lot of arousal happens in the mind. It's how, you know, we talk about um, you having, for instance, it can be a man having an erection. It can be a woman or someone with a vulva having um, 
being wet to show that you know you're ready for sex right this is these are physiological response responses to stimuli but sometimes you can have blockers yeah there's sometimes when you know like you say men have an average of like 11 erections a day but there's sometimes when you know that the reason why you're not having erection the reason why you're having erectile dysfunction for instance is because something is not right in your mind and you know there are like four major approaches to treating erectile dysfunction this is like a common sexual um, disorder that men struggle with and about three of them are really psycho psychological approaches or psychoanalysis in some way or you know they're giving you sometimes a cbt sometimes they're giving you techniques like um mindfulness sensitive focus is also really important but then i don't want to go like i said i'm not going to go too in-depth into treatments today i'm just giving like a generalized conversation about how all of these can be linked and so yes you know the reason why you might have um a man might struggle with um erectile dysfunction is because of a blood flow issue into the male sex organ but sometimes that also doesn't happen due to arousal there's something somewhere up there that's not that's causing there to be a disconnect between you know what is going on the stimulus and that desired response and so so a lot of times sex and your mental health are really 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 linked it can even for women as well it's the same thing it's like okay something as tiny as well i mean it's not even tiny birth control right imagine um you have a partner who if you're a woman, you have sex with men, you have a partner who refuses outright to wear a condom and this person refuses to pull out. This is like, you know, an abusive relationship. Even if you enjoy sex, you would generally be apprehensive because you know that every time you're having sex, there is that risk of you being pregnant. And so if you're not proactive enough or it's not safe enough, or it's not an environment where, you know, you can get um, long-acting reversible contraceptives or you know that you're not protected, you know that you're not safe, your body and your mind are not going to be inside or, you know, in tune with what is happening. And so what, what then happens is the entire experience is already, you know, shit from there. You might not enjoy it. You might not want to even partake in it as well. Even if this person is your partner or your husband, I mean, you know, I always say consent and safety need to happen in every um in every sexual situation. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times some people don't know what is happening to them is abuse. But your body knows. There's sometimes when we're not processing, the way we process things that happen to us may not exactly be how they are happening to you, right? There is your own body's idea of what is happening. You know, it's the same way we talk about how emotions can be like, you know, really layered. There's a feelings wheel. I can be Irritate, I can be irritated or having an irritable reaction to something, but underneath that irritability is actually anger. And underneath that anger, I might actually be going through depression, but that's how it is manifesting in my behavior. That is how my body is explaining or showing the world that this is what is actually happening to me. And so if you want to have a good sex life, your mental state, your mental, your mental well-being, your mental health has to also be top-notch because it, tri it trickles down. Another thing is, you know, medication as well. Medication affects your sex life. And unfortunately, there's sometimes the same way, you know, I believe in holistic therapy. Yes, I believe in meditation. I believe in mindfulness. I believe in exercises. I believe in connecting with nature and all of those things. I believe in exercise, movement, the power of movement and all of those things, giving you that um, holistic 
approach to having a proper well-being. But medication is also important. And there's sometimes, and there's some people who, you know, they're depressed or they have anxiety or, you know, they have other sides of, um, other kinds of psychiatric disorders and they actually need medication to survive. And unfortunately for them, the side effects of those medications um, can lead to reduced libido can, you know, can cause them to even be like, it's like, okay, somebody has, somebody is maybe bipolar, for instance, and then they're on maybe lithium or whatever medication they give them. Some of the side effects might be they just have a reduced interest for connection or for being with their partner or for just sex in general. And unfortunately, um, you can't say, okay, some people do go off their medication, right? And they do find other methods to mitigate you know, what they go through, but it's not really always advisable, especially when you know that without your medication, the symptoms are severe. There are some people who off their meds, you know, they might attempt suicide. And so, you know, in those areas, that's where you have to work with a therapist to find um, different methods that can help with your arousal, help with your general desire, you know, adding novelty to your sex life. So, you know, everything is kind of intertwined and is kind of linked. And just because something is presenting in the bedroom or you're having this issue, even with um, another um, major disorder that women deal with or sexual dysfunction is pain when it comes to sex. And every type of pain is not always physical right yes you know some people have sometimes some people need to see like a they have pelvic pain they need to see a pelvic floor specialist there are people who dilators for instance if you're having painful sex sometimes having different dilators can also help with that and there's sometimes when there's just some pain that is caused through psychological means sometimes it's a manifestation of trauma sometimes people have gone through you know things in the past that have made sex um painful or they've even just had partners who don't understand that, you know, it takes some time to get your partner aroused. They have um, lubrication issues. Sometimes it's really in the mind. And so in those areas, um, those things can lead to having anxiety when it's time to have sex. Sometimes you just have that pain. And, you know, a lot of treatments that would often come in if they're seeing specialists would still be things like mindfulness, things like learning how to calm your body or come into the moment, you know minus you know other medical means or pain medication and things like that for the most for the most part even stuff like um vaginismus as well a lot of this is teaching the person how to relax and yes you know you can teach somebody to relax by breathing and saying okay just you know exhale take a deep breath belly breathing and all of those do work but a lot of times if people have that apprehension in their mind or the real reason is oh yes I'm having this pain and this pain started when you know this happened to me or oh my god but if I relax and I do this then I have sex then I'm no longer a virgin you know so you see how everything you know it's just kind of one thing leads to another, leads to another. And this is where, you know, therapy or counseling, all of these things come in because you see a professional who can help you delay every single thing that, you know, you're going through sexually, can get your history, can try to understand your own thoughts, your own ideas, your own beliefs. You know, they always say like the power of the mind is really strong. Almost everything that happens in the body, you know, starts from somewhere in the brain. Some of this is subconscious. Some of it is, is um you're doing that with your own conscious effort. But, you know, there's so many neural pathways in the brain where 
if your brain is used to certain things or your brain associates this with that, if your, your brain associates nakedness in a bed with pain, even if that's not what is going to happen, you might actually get a physical manifestation of that. And so this is where, like I said, you know, working with a therapist or working with a specialist comes in. Then on the other side of things is obviously the benefits of having a good sex life in your own general life and how sexual sexual wellness improves your overall well-being, right? So you have... Um, there's uh different theories like positive psychology there's even something called there's a framework i think it's positive technology framework by some river or william guy and th- this one has to do with like sex toys and how having access to sex tech sexual technology sex toys can also improve your overall well-being and improving your overall well-being this is in- increasing your happiness and then sex in general obviously it boosts your serotonin levels as well and then if you have a partner there's the oxytocin all the cuddle hormones all the happiness hormones that um that get released when you actually have sex when you cuddle after sex and then um even stuff like dopamine right so you know dopamine is like the hormone that's that's connected to like rewards like the reward center of the brain and you know they tell you like dopamine happens when you're anticipating something good if your sex life is spicy and exciting just think of how you get excited when you have a sneaky link or someone is coming over or you have your partner there just the anticipation of good sex you know makes people very excited it's the same way how even though it's annoying you know think of like your nigerian co-workers that sometimes you come to work on monday and shiny and just like hmm, i know you had to say what were you doing this weekend where are you coming from why are you glowing you know people you, you see how people have that pep in their step when they actually have good sex good sex is actually healing especially for um women and men are like to when you have that autonomy that bodily autonomy where one you can express yourself so you know how people talk about um you know self-actualization in terms of career they talk about um you know being your best self living your best life i believe in self-actualization in terms of your sex life i believe in being sexually liberated enough to explore the fullness of who you are sexually. Not just who I am as a, whatever career I do, as a sex therapist or as a mental health professional, as a podcaster. Yes, you know, reach the limits. Well, reach the limits in terms of your sex life as well. You know, I always tell people like, this is accessible pleasure in terms of, you know, you, in terms of your body, with your partners as well is literally free and it's something that if you find someone to do even with your own self you can have your own sex bucket list like yo okay this year this and this and this and this and this and this these are the things that i'm going to do and you make it a challenge you discover what you like you know there's so many communities i mean i'm always promoting kink on this podcast because i feel like that's such a huge way to explore you know different types of dynamics of sexual relationships of things that you like different types of stimulus are you somebody who likes pain even even the psychological benefits of bdsm and kink there are people who heal and reclaim their body so that's another thing about sexual trauma often disconnects people from their body it's kind of how people say good um trigger warning when when they get raped they feel like they're not connected to their body. They feel like some part of them has been violated. And for some people, using kink, using BDSM is a way to get that autonomy back, is a way to say, 
I get to control what happens to me, you know, what I like. It's a source of freedom for them. So, yeah, sex is all fun and games and, you know, you can use it for procreation. But it's also a lifestyle for many people. It's also healing in that, you know, you can step in there, you can access pleasure, you can access intimacy, you can reach the actual peaks and limits of, you know, just your human experience. I always say it's it's a it's a sensory experience. You have all of these neurons in your body. They can fire in so many ways. There's so many psychological benefits. You're generally happier. You feel in control of your life. You know, it's a very, very important aspect. And people try to downplay it. So people act like, oh, pleasure is something that I should access when I'm, you know, I'm too busy now. I'm working. I'm working. I'm looking for money. I don't have time for sex. So, oh, I beg. I'm I, even even with age. People are like, ah, oh, when I was younger, you know, I, I had time. When I when I didn't have work, but it's like, nah, sex should be a part of your daily life, and it shouldn't only exist when you are married. Or okay, yeah, I'm married now, so I can have sex. It's like, no, if you want to have sex as much as you can, be as intentional about it as any other part of your life, and you see, you actually see the effects on your mental health. Because, as I said, all the happiness hormones, but just feeling like you're in control of an aspect of your life is also something that makes you feel fulfilled. And um, speaking of, you know, other benefits of sex on your mental health and your general well-being, there's something to be said about how sex itself, you know, boosts your self-esteem and your place in society. You know, it's, it's very important interesting how a lot of times you know people talk about how people use sex for power and social standing it's why you see men you know striving to be seen with a particular bad bitch everybody wants to be like oh i don't fuck this babe or this and that because there's also the power aspect that society has attached to sex right think of these um incels the involuntary celibates although now in today's world people have kind of um interlink them with misogynist and yes there's the incel community who are actually misogynists who are actually like oh yeah we get no babes we get no bitches and so you know fuck all of them um you guys deserve to be punished because we can't have access to y'all there's that and then there are just people who unfortunately no matter how hard they try seem to not be desirable by anyone or don't actually get to have sex with people and you know, for, for, for people to have that kind of community and that kind of response and that kind of feeling of dejection, it just shows how important sex is also and access to sex is in terms of a social landscape and in terms of your own self-worth, in terms of your own self-esteem. And so, you know, I think that, yes, it can be said that, yes, some people will not try, da 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 but if you already have that self-confidence and self-worth you know regardless of looks or societal beauty standards a lot of times right yes there there are general standardized you know looks of beauty there with okay yes this person looks good but there's so many people who everyone will say yeah this person is not conventionally attractive but their confidence and the way they carry themselves the way they move everybody is buying the hype i always say like even rihanna said you fake it till you make it right so you know, all of these things are linked. And I think that that's also something that can spill into being able to have sex if you have proper mental health. Or, you know, you have, um, you're seeing a therapist or a specialist or whatever that helps you with your 
self-confidence, with your social anxiety, because there's so much of sex work that has to do with anxiety reduction because people do have sex anxiety. So people even have orgasm anxiety. Like, so honestly and truly, there is, there's, there's no sex without good mental health, really, you know. And then, you know, you can even use sex to lift yourself out of depression. I know some people think this is a bit controversial, but it is actually a mood boost, you know. Um, so yeah, a lot of work, as I said, a lot of sex and, you know, your mental, they're connected. So much of sex happens in the mind. So much of sex is biological. Even the dance that we do before we have sex, not as if, if you want to have sex today, except you're a pain sex worker, you know, there's going to be a buildup. You're going to meet the person. You have to be attracted. Maybe you're somebody who is demisexual and you prefer to you know, get to know the person and all of that. Even if sex is something that you have in mind or is a goal as well, or if it is an intimate moment for you or, you know, is 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 one of those things where you're like, okay, yeah, I have to be emotionally attached and stuff. Even with accessing your emotions or attaching your emotions to sex, there's still psychological and mental work in that space. And so everything is connected. For your sex life to be really great, your mental health also has to be good. So you just have to see it as a whole holistic, you know, model where one side is linked to one side. And when one side is good, it's likely that the other side is good. And doing work in one area also benefits the other area, you know, but still going down to the basis of like your attitudes, your thoughts, your values, how you even view sex, you know, a lot of it too is it's psychological, right? We talk about conditioning. We talk about societal norms. We talk about, oh, yes, you know, your pastor or your parents or your this or your that. They have told you sex is bad or sex is a certain way or sex is dirty or this and that or your general relationship with sex. And then when you're having sex, you're feeling guilty or you're feeling, you're feeling guilty or you're feeling bad, you know, a lot of work you would do to undo when they say when we say online, 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 you don't unlearn, you know, in your body, you unlearn in your mind through your thought processes as well. You change your relationship and your dynamics with sex, with sexual health, with taking charge of your sex life, with being more proactive. And so, you know, I feel like I've just been rambling a lot, Shabbat. With these few points of mine, I hope that I've been able to convince and not confuse you that, you know. Sexual health, sexual wellness, sex, sexuality. Oh my God, I didn't even talk about sexuality. Bruh, bruh. In fact, that's so, just give me two minutes. Let me dive into that real quick. It's also how you have a lot of um, sex therapists who are focused on queer spaces or queer people, LGBTQ friendly work. A An important part of sexual wellness even sexual health and reproductive health rights aside pleasure is giving every human being the space and the chance to be who they are to express themselves expressing yourself is such a huge part of your mental health not being able to show up in the world how you are can you know is linked to anxiety is linked to depression not, not let's not even talk about people who are afraid for their lives because you know we live in a transphobic you know queerphobic, homophobic society. And so a huge part of being able to show up, not just even being able to show up, but also you as a person, allow people to show up in the world how they are because you can be the reason with your violence, with your with your 
with your nasty tweets online or your your posts on Instagram. You can be the reason why somebody has depression. You can be the reason why, God forbid, somebody decides that they're going to end their lives because they don't have the space and the safety to be who they are. And so being able to show up, not just in terms of having sex, but being able to show up in terms of your sexuality and being like, okay, this is me. This is my place in the world. This is who I am. That is directly linked to your mental health because that is who you are. Imagine just the gymnastics it takes to have to hide who you are from your family, from your friends. You know, everybody's laughing and saying, ha, ha, ha. Oh, yes, I fucked these babes, yash, or whatever, whatever. whatever. Meanwhile, you're just like, okay, but I like Ningal Nyash. You can't be, you know, you're hiding and stifling some parts of your personality. And so, of course, that is also bound to affect, you know, your mental health. And so, yeah, that's basically a grand summary of some of the ways in which your sexual health or your sex and your sexuality and your mental health are linked there. As far as I'm concerned, they are one and the same, and they're, you know, they affect each other. They're like this. It's like a, it's like it's like this infinity sign where they're just going in and out and round and round. And so, yes, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, and take care of your sexual health. Be proactive about both of them because they are intertwined. I wish you guys, you know, a good sex life i wish you guys an even better mental health and i wish you more more orgasms thank you for joining me on this nice little cute episode um follow me at house of chocolates follow the podcast at space of swallow pod on tiktok and instagram follow us at sos pod official on twitter i will see you same time next week Bye.